0: You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, founder and principal attorney at Sapphire Legal, Teresa McQueen.
1: Thank you, everyone, and thank you, James. Welcome, everyone, to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Today, we are talking with Talma Lobel, internationally recognized psychologist and expert on human behavior. She's the author of a book entitled Whatever Works, The Small Cues That Make a Surprising Difference in Our Success at Work and How to Create a Happier Office. A wonderful goal for the workplace, in my opinion, and I cannot wait to hear her thoughts and insights on how to create a happier work environment. So it's going to be a great show. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal.
1: Welcome back to our listeners and welcome to Workplace Perspective, Thelma Lobel.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited.
1: I am too. I want all of our listeners to know that Thelma is doing us a wonderful Service by being on our show today all the way from Israel, where it is kind of late at night. <laughs> but she has decided to join us, and we are so appreciative. So, Fama, before we get started, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do?
2: Well, I'm a professor of psychology, studied uh, till my Ph.D., including my Ph.D. in Tel Aviv University. And then I went to Harvard and stayed there for four years, did my postdoc, and returned actually later, 10 years later, to teach for a year and i was associate professor visiting associate professor uh mainly i work in tel aviv university where i used to be the chair of the school of psychological sciences i was the dean i was really you know so i have experience also in management and not only in research and combined always the two already 10 years ago after writing you know papers in top journals which were meant mainly to professional people I always wanted to write for the general audience. I really wanted to do that. And uh, six years ago, my first book, which is called "Sensation: The New Science of Physical Intelligence," uh, came out for the general audience. was translated to many languages, published in fifteen different countries.
1: Wonderful. And
2: uh, yeah, and and it gave me such a pleasure because I, you know, I was invited all over to talk about it. It's about how the physical sensations influence our decisions. Emotions and behavior without our awareness, and uh, and uh, the feeling that so many people that are not from psychologists uh, learned from that and wrote to me and and discussed about that uh, gave me the energy and uh, to to write my second book, whatever works, which focuses on the work uh, the word of work, uh, and also shows how uh, many things that you can implement very easily influence uh, our. Performance, our creativity, and our well-being at work, and uh, it's all based on science. I mean, all on research published on top journals, not necessarily mine. I mean, I really reviewed uh, studies from all over the world, mainly from the United States, publishing top journals. But I write it for the general audience with tips uh, and takeaways that I think can be easily be implemented and help you a lot to be more creative, to perform better, and to be happier at the office.
1: I love those, I love both of those goals. (laughs) Be happier at work and be happier in our lives in general. Well, I was really interested because the book speaks to a lot of things that we like to talk about on the show. And that's about, improving the workplace uh, through employer-employee relationships. And I think that your, your book and the concepts of your book really lend itself to that idea of how can we build better relationships. Um, and I think if we're happier at work, we're going to have happier relationships. And we're happier people, we're going to be better employees. I love the title, whatever works. I just think that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about the premise of the book.
2: Well, the premise of the book is that there are so many scenes in environment in our habits. That we don't pay attention to them. We don't even think about them, although they are right our, under our nose, as I should like the temperature, the physical layout of the room, the light, our gestures, our clothes. We don't know how they influence our performance and our well being. And the book shows all kinds of studies that I hope we'll talk about some of them now that show how little things. Once you're aware that they have influence on your life, you can manipulate, you can change things in the environment, in the physical environment, you can change your gestures, you can put some stress on your, the way you your dress, a, a creativity, a lot of things, the way you put the photos, that will change uh, your performance, that influence directly your performance and well-being, reduce stress, as we'll talk about.
1: I love the practical stuff, as we were talking before the show. I love to be able to provide practical information, practical things that people can walk away from the show with and actually implement and start using right away. So let's talk about some of the studies that you did. So let's talk about what you found, what you looked at, what influenced you to to start the particular research that you did.
2: Yeah, as I said, I reviewed studies of others. I did a lot of research myself, but I'm talking now about studies all from many, many top people in the field of, of the different fields and how it, they influence us. For. So let's start, for example, with examples from physical environment. Let's start with a room with a window or a room without a window. That applies to offices, of course, and if you work at home, right? A lot of people now work at home. So first of all, we have to remember that daylight is better than uh, artificial light. If you have a room with a window, that's better. And there are studies showing that people miss more day works if it's without windows. Really? Offices, yeah, really. So even if they, you know, they had an artificial light, you know, I can go on, but we have only 30 minutes, so I want to give examples. <laughs> <laughs> they have to read the book. Which is, we might have
1: to have you come back.
2: Yeah, well, I'll be glad to. And you know, I'm in Israel sitting <laughs> anytime. <laughs> so first of all, the light is important. I want to say that light is important versus artificial light versus sunlight. But in the evening, for example, if you don't have uh, sunlight, still, if you're tired or you feel you know that you're really or tired from work, turn on the light. A lighted room with full of light makes you more energetic, and you perform better don't think that if you see the computer screen you don't you know a lot of people think i don't need light every window they close it don't do that because it will make it less energetic and you perform worse light also influences something that you would never think influences our self control there are studies that show that people in a lighted room had more self-control they the less you know lost their temper or did some unethical things when the room was light, not because they were seeing more, because also in a dim room you can see the other people. So light has a lot of influences. Let, Let me ask
1: you about that. Do you think that that has to do with the fact, sort of this shining a light on your behavior, forces you to behave better?
2: Yeah, definitely. If there's a study, for example, that showed that people who were asked to put sunglasses cheated more than those who had glasses <laughs> that were not sunglasses but you're were know, transparent. Although That's in both cases. Those groups were sure that nobody sees. Them. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of a feeling of anonymity, of less you know, self-control and regulatory. People make more hedonic decisions in a dim room, that less practical decision. So think about it, about your employers, when you are the employer, and about your employees, I mean. Give them offices with windows, and turn on the light because it's, it's better for everybody, for the employees and for the employers. Let's say uh, start with, let's say, as long as I'm in the physical, let's I'll say something about temperature. We all know that the, the optimal temperature is between uh, 70 to 72. Mm-hmm. There are individual differences and gender differences. If right. we have time, we can talk about it later. But within the wider range of a moderately warm, which is between 60 to 80 or something like that, make sure that you are a little bit on the cooler side. Because if even if you feel that warm is cozy and nice, you will perform worse and you will be more tired. So within this range, make it to the cooler side. Now I want to talk about nature, because I think nature is one of the important things that I show you. We all know and we realize the beauty of nature. Nature is beautiful. But I don't think many people realize the influence that nature has on two things, on reducing stress and on performance. Really many studies. For example, in Japan, they did, they did several studies that they took each time two groups of people. One group was invited to go to the forest and the other group to any urban environment. Blood pressure, cortisol, which is a stress hormone, other measurements were taken before the study started. Then they were asked to sit down for 15 minutes, either view the nature or the urban, and to take a walk. And their physiological measures were taken again. Again and again, it came out that those who sat in nature or walked in nature, reduced the stress. They had lower cortisol, lower blood pressure, and all the other physiological measures. Other studies, for example, in Stanford, they asked people to take a walk for 15 minutes, either in in a park near the campus, or in an urban environment. And then either several cognitive tasks and ask them questions about their mood and about how they feel sad or, you know, stress and all that. And again, they found both that the cognitive performance was better for those who took a break and walk in nature than those who walk in urban environment and uh, they were less stressed. So, you know, we know that work is a stressful thing a lot of times. We are stressed because of the relationship with colleagues. We are afraid about our promotion, maybe being fired, stress of a lot of load of work. Add to that the pandemic, which right. added a lot of stress, of course, and a lot of people either lost their jobs or they are afraid they might lose it. People are looking for, for new jobs and, and, and they are stressed. Children, they don't know if they go to school, don't go to school, Stress at home. We are afraid that we might get sick or our parents say, what I'm saying, and of course, the, the regular stress of everyday life. Take a break and go to nature. Now, you might say, we are talking about forests. No, it doesn't have to be a forest. It can be a small garden with trees and flowers, if you have. Go there, take a walk, even for a short, if you don't have time, but look at nature. If you don't have any nature, even outside, you don't have any trees, only buildings. I have a suggestion, based on studies, to Look at photos of nature. I so was going to
1: ask is, you about that, right? If you, because exactly. a lot of people can't, but I was exactly. going to ask you if that had the same effects so of surrounding yourself with art or. Yeah.
2: So, as I said before, it's all based on studies. There are studies that showed that when people took an imaginary walk in nature via internet or look at photos of nature, it reduced their stress. For example, there was one study that they showed several groups a very stressful euclid without describing what they did. That's very stressful. And then one group was shown photos of nature. Photos. And one photos not of nature or something else, like some furniture or something. They measured their stress. And those who looked at photos of nature reduced their stress more. And also even voices of nature. If you can look at the internet and listen to either birds singing or waves, or waterfalls, right. that also reduces stress. So you can't tell me, I don't have, if you have a window and you have a view of nature, go outside if you have time, even if you have a small garden. But if you don't have all that, that's good. And really take a break. That's, that's it. Even if you, I'm tired, I'm, I'm I'm overwhelmed. I have so much work to do. Take a break. One last thing about well,
1: that. hold on H- hold that thought just a second. Okay. I can see Paul's winking at us here. So we're gonna take a quick break. Hold that thought. We'll get right to it when we come back. We're gonna take a quick break. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Don't miss workplace perspective, the only show giving you both the employer and the employee workplace perspectives. With me, your host, Teresa McQueen, every Wednesday at three thirty PM. we're talking about creating a happier work environment. And we got, we had to take a break, but let's go back to your very last thought about nature and taking a break and doing all that.
2: Yeah, I think it's amazing, this study. They show, in one study, they gave participants uh, to do some cognitive tasks, relatively simple, and then they stopped them in the middle and one group looked for 40 seconds on a roof which had green plants on it, uh, like grass or something. And the other group looked at concrete roof. 40 seconds. Those who looked at the green roof performed better the other half than those who looked at concrete. So even a very short break looking at something which is kind of nature helps. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. It all makes perfect sense. and it's, But it's stuff you just don't think about. But I, I do think that's, that's amazing. Tell me, when you were putting the book together and you're looking at all this research, you're doing your own research, what surprised you the most? about what you found was there anything in particular that
2: stood out yeah there are several there are several tips on creativity which are quite nice how to be more creative so let's start with the smartphone we all know you know the good and the bad things about smartphones Uh, on the one hand we are more available and on the other hand we're we're more available available. (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) on the other hand we are more available uh, Stress because of that. There are many studies which showed it really increase the stress that you are available all the time and you're never quite, you know, to sit with your family. There was one study that I don't think people would have guessed the results. There were three groups coming to form some cognitive tasks. One group was told, leave everything outside. Don't bring your belongings. The other group was told, leave your belongings outside, but bring your smartphone and put it on the desk you might need it later the third group was told bring your belongings and put your smartphone either in your purse or in your pocket wherever you usually put it but not on the desk and then they gave them uh, to perform those who had the phone on the desk even though they didn't use it performed worse those who had all the belongings outside performed the best then the researchers said maybe even though they didn't use it they told them to turn it off and still Although the mere presence of the phone, even though it was turned off, they performed worse. So my suggestion, take away, which is immediately, when you want to work on something and to focus on it, take your phone, put it in another room. If you're working from at home, it's very easy, but even in the office, find some place that you don't see, it, preferably not in the same room. And if you're waiting for an important call, okay, so go later after an hour and check or your messages or if somebody did like on your Facebook, but other than that, put it in another room. It really was proven that you will perform better.
1: How much do you think state of mind plays into that? If I put my phone out of the room or an employer says, you have to have your phone in the desk, not on the desk when you're working or off when you're working. If your state of mind is okay, I'm going to put it away. I'm like, I'm okay with it. But do you think if the state of mind is, what's going on on my phone? Is anybody calling me? What about the kids? What about my face? Did they take any of that into account—the state of mind issue—or was it really just enough to visually not see it?
2: Yeah, but you're right. Some people are so uh, so related to the phone that they might be worried all the time. Oh, whoa, 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 what happens? Maybe I got a message and I can't see it. But it's still better than looking all the time at the phone and see every stupid message, which I know that I sometimes do. Oh yeah, after, you know. Even the phone is next to me and I'm, I'm working on something. And then this thing is so I look. And most of the messages are not important. I mean, I could <laughs> miss it. I could miss them forever. And, nothing right. happen. and from time to time, there is message that I want to see for my work or for my kids. Or, but other than that, really, you're right. The state of mind is important. But people, I bet people don't think that if they turn off the, the phone, it's still disturbed. So that's, you ask me about things that uh, surprised me. The other study that surprised me was about diversity. Again, everybody knows that it work, diversity is not only morally important,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: it's really, there are the many studies that show that this. I'm not surprised that uh, workplaces with, with diversity perform better, were more successful. All kind of studies that uh, I'm writing about in whatever works in the book that showed that, uh, you know, banks and all kinds of big companies that, They could measure if they had different uh, cultures and gender, you know, more diversity, performed better. But there was one study that really surprised me. They asked people to perform something related to the stock exchange. It was students of business, you know, finance that they Mm -hmm. tell about that. And they gave them some tasks about talks. And in one group, they had homogeneous group. They're all from the same culture and ethnicity. The other group had a, a genius group with one person from another ethnicity. Those who had a group with a person from another ethnicity, even if that person didn't say a word, his or her, that was his, that, that mere presence in the team made the team perform better. Really? Without even saying, yeah, Study that I found really amazing.
1: That's amazing. And what did they attribute that? Did they attribute it to anything that in particular? I-
2: not everybody thinks like you, and this person might say different. Makes you think more. Than there is another possibility. Say word, just the presence, these new presence.
1: I-, I love that state of mind. A lot of this is state of mind. I love it. This idea, the, the idea that just having them sitting there makes people more broad-minded. You know, yeah. more willing yeah. to open their possibilities and to think outside the box. Who knows why? I mean, they are—you know—they don't want to miss something, or they don't want to be non-inclusive to the person who happens to be in the room, whether they say something or not. Fantastic! What a, what an amazing impact that has. So
2: yeah, and you asked me some other stuff that they rest me, all kind of tips to be more creative. So we all know that there are people, and people usually think that either I'm creative or I'm not creative. <laughs> Which true that there are individual <laughs> differences, but you can you can be more creative if you do several things. So, of course, some of it is from the organization, the, the atmosphere of the organization, encourage creativity, don't make deadlines always if you can, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to talk about things that I talk in the book, which actually we can do, and the employer. So, first of all, look at green or blue surface. There are studies that show that if you look at a blue surface or you put a, a photo with a lot of blue, look at it for a while, there is a better chance you will come with some idea that you didn't think about. Another tip is to doodle just curvilinears or walk in curvilinears. It will also bring off. Another thing, which you will, I think you will laugh because it's part of it is more difficult to do, but it's still working, is enacting a metaphor. There is a metaphor, thinking outside the box. like so you used two minutes ago, you say that. So, in one study, the researchers built a big box. And they asked one group to sit inside the box. Each time <laughs> another third person sat outside the box, and another Literally. didn't have any books. <laughs> and they gave them a creativity task. There are many, especially two that they use all the time in in their studies. For example, one is to it's called alternative uses task. That you, you for example, what can you do with a brick, which is unusual, and then you analyze if you are creative or not.
0: Okay. And, and there are
2: other, other tasks. Those who said outside the box perform better than those who said not only inside the box, but also those who didn't have the box. But you can say, you know, where can I take a box? I'm not. So just they show that you picture of a brain outside a box, ask the people to look at it. It brings you more creative. Another study showed that, you know, the light bulb, there is this symbol of light bulb. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, right. Out of my head. So, in one study, they also gave two classes creativity tasks. Less than a minute, the experimenter came in and said, You know, it'll be dark here. I turn on the light. In one room, we turned on a fluorescent light. In another room, a, a light bulb. Those who sat in the room with the light bulb performed better. So, these are things that you wouldn't think, right? And, and, and they're easy to do. You can hang a picture, you can put a blue thing, you can doodle all these uh, amazing I think and people can use them
1: they are amazing I like the the aspect that a lot of this is just literal like get out get out of your head get out of your office get out of your way (laughs) you know really you know doing these very simple things just fabulous I love these all of these ideas have been great I love the creativity of the idea of these the visual of the people sitting in the box and people sitting outside the box (laughs) and I wonder if that has a lot of impact on it too you know putting a lot of the things that you've talked about have to do with putting yourself in a different space, you know, to get your head in a different space. So putting you physically in a box, you know, let's talk about creativity while you're in this box. Let's take you physically outside of that and talk and have you do something and, and think and be like, creative. I, I and how, how does that impact? You me? metaphor,
2: right? Yeah.
1: A, the, a lot of yeah. metaphors. I, I absolutely yeah. love it. I know we're, we're getting down to the end. I want to ask you, I love the book. I love the studies. I want to ask you, as we leave the show today, do you have any thoughts for the future or some, you know, one great tip you want to share with everybody? Or how would you like to end our program today?
2: First of all, I enjoyed it a lot. So thank Good. you very much. Uh, what what I want to end is remind people that we can do both employers and employees. We can do many things that are really easy to do and easy to implement and that will really immediately influence our Performance and our happiness. And don't think, you know, no, no, either I'm not creative, so I can't do anything, or I'm stressed so much, so what can I do? Or I'm too tired, I'm, I have so many work to do, I can't take a break even for 10 minutes. Do that. I will not repeat what I said because all these things that are right under our nose, and there are many more that like I didn't talk about it, that are in whatever works in the book, and they are really, they're really influenced and proven. It's not thoughts that I'm just imagining based on studies. So remember, you can change a lot of things, reduce your stress and perform better if you just pay attention to these small things that can be changed. That's my message.
1: I love it. It's a simple message and a very powerful one. And I thank you so much for joining us today. That's our show. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts, your expertise and staying up so late with us and our listeners. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you very much. I really enjoyed your interview. (laughs)
1: Wonderful. If you want to learn more about Thalma and her book, whatever works, you can connect with her on the web at thalmalobe com. That's thalmalob com. You can also connect with Thalma on our website at sapphirelegal.com slash podcast. I want to thank our listeners, my radio angels, James and the Nave at Night, Our Workplace Perspective team extraordinaire, our engineer producer, Paul Roberts, our associate producer, Melissa DeLacy, with music provided by the very talented Steve Brissolone. Thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspective. And until next time, keep raising the bar.